Blog Talk Radio. Make the blind man see Jump up and feel iry It makes the lame man walk Make all the dumb start talk That they may all be one As though have a heart in eye And eye in the eye That they may also be one in eye and eye That the world may know and believe That our sense and the glory which thou gave us unto I and I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou and I, that they may be made perfect in oneness, and that the world may know that thou hast sent thy, and hast loved them, even as thou hast loved the I. Ready or not, gonna get a shot of this red hot black African love. I go and green black African love. Ready or not, you're gonna get a shot of this red hot black African love. Don't be so mean, your love is pure and clean. Oh Lord, it makes the sick get well, redeem the wicked from hell, but it make a deaf man ear. I'll make the kill it start killing. Oh, Come now, all people, let's gather me. And listen, world, hear the words of Zionite. Rasta man, I've come to sing to you. You know, this is a time that truth must prevail. World is sleeping and a wailing to your national peace. Them gonna end that will come on you and you and you too. So, if you're ready or not, gonna get a shot of this red hot black African love. Ready for the sea, don't be so mean. I go and green and black African love. Come to the beach, get away from the Make the blind man see Jump up and feel iry Come make the lame man walk Make all the dumb 
Greetings and welcome to the Truth to Power show. And uh, my name is Beverly D. And I have Brother Robert X on out of Chicago, Illinois. And as always, it's a delight to have Brother Robert X on because he is one of our master researcher. And he has uh, he always brings us some very enlightening information. Now, before we get started, uh, those of you that um, are trying to get in the chat room, I don't have my chat room up tonight, so I'm not going to be operating out of the chat rooms. Uh, you just have to listen to me on the um, computer or on the telephone. And the telephone number is 347 215 I'm going to bring Brother Robert X up. He's going to talk about the first God on this planet. And uh, he's also going to give us a correlation between that in Genesis and the man of steel and, of course, uh, the Ogons, um, the Dogons, the shoes, excuse me. Uh, let me pull him up here. Brother Robert X? Yes, it's the hotel. Hotep, thank you again for joining us tonight. Thank you, sister, for inviting me. It's always a pleasure, always a pleasure. Same here. So um, you say that the first God on this planet was what? Well, it may come as a surprise to some people. I know some people have talked about uh, who who was the first God on the planet. And, you know, there's a... Agreement and disagreement. Um, as a researcher, I tend to go into it uh, purely, you know, open uh, eyes and ears, uh, and I just come back uh, and deal with what it is I can find. Uh, always, and, and I uh, suggest this to other people, always using the, the method of the trivium quadrivium, uh, always gathering the information, sorting through the information in terms of um, what information agrees with the other information and what information doesn't agree, uh, bringing that to a final conclusion and making the determination as to uh, how I'll present the information. That is the trivium quadrivium. Uh, Rhetoric, uh, logic, and grammar. Uh, Gathering the information bringing it to a synthesis, and then giving an analysis based on the gathering of the information. And I find that using that method as a researcher, uh, you can't go wrong because that's the earliest system of learning that we know. So I encourage everybody to use trivium quadrivium. If you don't understand what it is, go back and listen to one of Beverly's past shows that she and I did uh, dealing with that particular area of discussion, and uh, it'll be pretty much clear to you. And what it will also do, sister, is it will teach you to spot people who who try to talk to you in a very discombobulated uh, m- method where you can spot inaccuracies in their argument right away, okay? And that's extremely important today. Uh, when we have people who come to us smiling in our faces, and then the next thing you know, they're a different person, and it's because you didn't really pay attention to the things that they were saying. So that will help us uh, because the people that uh, we basically rely on for our sustenance, they use that system, but they don't allow you to use it. 
But before we get started, sister, I must say, Mm -hmm. for the last uh, couple of weeks since late June, I hadn't been home. So I received a number of inquiries uh, from people from your program. So I just want to let them know that I will be putting their packages in the mail this week because I just went home yesterday. And uh, I'll give them or send them a little extra so they won't uh, have to uh, worry about sending me anything else for for the next few months because what I'm going to send them should, if they really sit down to pay attention to these DVDs, uh, this should last them probably to the almost the end of the year. That's how much I'm wow. going to send them. Okay, so okay, uh, great. But but beyond that, sister, uh, yeah, uh, my information. Um, and doing the research points to the oldest known deity on the planet. Now, I'm not talking about Amun, the supreme being, okay, uh, that no one can say uh, either exists or, or doesn't exist because there is no personage. There is no physical thing that we can equate with that. Uh, we can only go with what the information relative to the cosmos uh, dictates to us. So uh, that supreme being, as far as I can tell, does in fact exist. However, it is not a person. It is a conscious energy. It is a conscious energy, this thing that some of us call God or Amun or, or Ra, whatever you want, you choose to call it, Yo or whatever you choose to call it. It is not a person. It is, in fact, a conscious energy and that that conscious energy that exists in the cosmos uh, goes from solar system to solar system to solar system uh, producing beings, entities uh, aliens, whatever you want to call them because we can be considered aliens to other groups uh, within the context of the solar system Uh, once it does what it does in, in gathering the materials that exist in a particular solar system, it combines those things with itself in a a metaphysical and, uh, how can I put it, uh, a process that allows for whatever it is that consists in that solar system uh, to manifest itself based on what Amun gets from that solar system. And so, therefore, you have the various races, again, you can call them aliens or whatever you want to call them, uh, that exist according to the Dogon throughout the cosmos. It's not just us. They point out that life is teeming in the cosmos. And it's interesting, sister, because uh, tomorrow we're going to kind of deal with Superman. Yesterday I had a form, and we okay. started out, dealing with Superman, it didn't leave me a, a lot of time to deal with the feminine aspect of that mm-hmm. in terms of what's known as the mistress of speech, whose initials are M-O-S. It's no coincidence and uh, that she's a symbol of hope. She's a symbol of hope. Now, that's extremely important because the man of steel M-O-S, is a flipping of the feminine principle to embody uh, uh, what the people on Krypton, the planet where supposedly Superman comes from, 
the people on Krypton see the S on his chest, not as signifying Superman, but coincidentally and really quite amazing to me, sister, they point out in the movie that the S stands for hope. And I said, wow, the man of steel, M-O-S, is really the mistress of speech in Dogon symbology, M-O-S. Wow. And it just blew me away. And then as we go, as we go through the Superman thing uh, tomorrow, along with the little Prometheus, because that, too, uh, is, in fact, symbolized in the Dogon coming to this planet where they use their DNA to produce humanity, which is what the movie Prometheus was all about, the search by humans for the what they call the engineers, right, on another planet who, in fact, produced them after finding drawings in a cave on a wall that looks suspiciously like the Sirius star system. So a, a lot of what we see today, particularly in terms of cinema or the movies, uh, is no coincidence that somebody's trying to tell us something here in a very metaphysical or hidden way, and it's all in the movies. And I tell everybody yeah. something else. If you take a look at almost all of the movies that are being produced today uh, and look at the role of the black man in the movies, consistently and alarmingly, the black man in almost all these movies has to sacrifice himself for the white man. Hmm. You can check and them out even in the last. Yeah, even in the uh, 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 the last Olympian with Tom Cruise. Okay. Okay. Uh, the leader of the opposition against the forces of Tom Cruise, who used to drive Miss Daisy, uh, was Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. and of course. He sacrifices himself willingly in the movie. You can look at Prometheus, where the brother who played in The Wire, I forget his name, he was the captain of the ship. He ended up sacrificing himself in the movie to prevent the aliens from coming back here to destroy humanity. Because just like in Dogon symbology, sister, they felt that the experiment that they did as the engineers to produce mankind was an error. So the whole Alien trilogy, the series The Aliens with Sigourney Weaver, is is basically tied to Prometheus. Uh, The Alien movies are the outcome of the Prometheus, okay, because the aliens were produced by the engineers on this planet in Prometheus to, in fact, release them on Earth. And the experiment went wrong, and they started attacking the engineers, killing almost all of them. And so if you, when you watch the Alien series uh, and then you watch Prometheus, they're like uh, the movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, I'm the Terminator. Here. The, the Terminator. Terminator. The Terminator series is, in fact, uh, aligned with uh, The Matrix. The Matrix is the ultimate in 
Terminator series where the uh, the Terminator series leads up to the machines becoming predominant. And in the Matrix, the machines have finally taken over, and now they run the planet. So all of these things are tied together. And I think it's also interesting, sister, as I point out uh, yesterday at the forum, that the Wachowski brothers, who stole the movie The Matrix from the black sister, Sophia Stewart, right. one of them, sister, remember in normal uh, symbology, uh, on Dogon symbology, the Nomo were both half man, half woman. They they were the embodiment, the physical embodiment of the feminine and masculine principle. They were homorphodite. Well, it's quite interesting, sister. One of the Wachowski brothers uh, is now uh, a female. He is undergoing a sex change. Okay. So it's the Wachowski brothers and sister. Hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable, mm-hmm. sister. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. But uh, this thing uh, with the feminine principle, which is where we'll start today, uh, I think is one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. And I know the debate has gone on and on for years. Uh, how do people get here uh, without benefit of the female uh, at one time because that's on the planet? who can self-impregnate. But there are no male species on the planet that could reproduce. So absent a divine uh, origin, how does the male become the supreme god of the planet before the female? And the way that that occurs is through the experimentations of the, according to the Dogon, uh, Bastinomo, where a superior species, allegedly a superior species, or a wayward species, probably more accurate, is produced where it becomes jealous of the fact that the female uh, was the predominant god force, and then it goes about its business totally removing uh, any idea that the female was, in fact, the first god symbol the first God force on the planet. And that came about as a result of the hordes coming out of the caves of Europe where they began to, in fact, remove, these are these white males, uh, began to remove all those images of the feminine principle being predominant and replacing it with the male principle. And you can literally see it when you go back and look in history and see how Arset, Isis, was revered until the coming of the white orientation relative to Christianity. And it took some time, took hundreds of years to finally complete that process. But that process was finally completed uh, with the establishment of Christianity as the world-dominant religion. And then you can see it again to begin to manifest itself uh, uh, in Islam and most of the other major religions, such that now the woman, and I'm not here to debate uh, the nuances of any of these religions, I'm here to basically say if you take a look in honesty at the role of the female in terms of the current religious paradigm, 
Uh, I don't think anybody would disagree that the women has been obligated to a slavery role, no matter what they say in terms of we want to protect them and this kind of thing. Uh, that God force has been reduced primarily to a role of slavery. And that's a fact. And it's not only in religion, Robert X. It's across the board. You can see it in politics. Uh, you, you can see it across the board. Yes, that's because those systems are just extensions of the predominant system. The Judeo, they call it Judeo-Christian ethic. Before it was Judeo-Christian, it was uh, a Roman Greco. Same deal. So that uh, during the Greco-Roman period, they did uh, attempt to incorporate the uh, what they call the Isaias or the worship of Isis as a god force throughout the planet because they knew of the powers that these forces had. And no matter where they went, because this was a worldwide phenomenon, that uh, this deity was in fact worshipped. Okay? And again, uh, with the cementing of that through muscle and mass murder, uh, even outlawing it to the point that the whole thing having to deal with the witches uh, in the earlier uh, history of Christianity and burning them was primarily predicated on them studying from the origins of the uh, ISIS system and that they would subsequently be murdered for doing that because it went against the male-dominant spectrum of the Judeo-Christian ethic. So in large part, these people are ostracized, and that is why uh, you will find the Dogon in Mali today, in West Africa, in the 1400s, which just happened to be the same time uh, that many of us began to uh, uh, migrate and a forced migration to this country uh, and the system that we call slavery, where many of us come from that same area, West Africa. So many of us, unbeknownst to us, could well, in fact, uh, be descendants of some of those same ancient Egyptians from Kemet, okay? So it's really interesting, sister, when you go back and you begin to trace these things, and I know clearly Islam being the next dominant force to come through Africa uh, with the sword, uh, doing the same thing, you know, uh, change and, uh, until our religious paradigm or we'll murder you. Well, many of the Dogon, uh, who in fact were ancient Egyptians, and lived in the same area during that time, many of them chose to flee. And that's why, again, they find themselves in Mali for the last almost 600 years, uh, fleeing persecution from Christians and Muslims. Those are historical facts. So uh, we can see it, sister. It's right there. Uh, but I think that it's interesting as well in, in that we have this uh, scientific process uh, that allows for what's termed mitochondrial DNA. Mitochondrial DNA. Interesting because science takes you right back to the feminine principle in that if you really want to understand the origin of a species, you must go through the female's DNA to find out the origin, such that in, in looking at the mitochondrial DNA of humanity, 
they find or we find the oldest known uh, ancestor going back 200,000 years uh, in terms of mitochondria DNA is, in fact, an African woman. That's the oldest artifact, feminine bone structure or human bone structure found to date that they can absolutely conclusively point to as being the mother of all the races. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the Dogon, they call her Levi. Levi. She was dual sexed and immortal. She had both male and female within her uh, physical construct, and she was immortal. She was symbolized by the lion, uh, and she produced the first single-sex humans, which would basically come uh, five generations later, okay? This is the story about uh, uh, various experiments taking place by the Nomo, of these half-men, half-fish, of which Levy was one of them. Uh, but this is that story of her, of them producing these species based on their DNA and only using or combining DNA from certain of the pairs. Remember we discussed in one of the last programs the eight, the eight pairs, the eight nomos, where it was, that was representative of the uh, genetic structure, the gene structure, a cell line, if you will, where in order to produce the proper people, uh, certain cell lines could only uh, be genetically fused with other cell lines. For instance, nomo number one could only produce with nomo number eight. Nomo number two could only produce with nomo number seven. Nomo number three uh, could only produce with nomo number six. And five and four could only produce. Those are the genetic uh, uh, pairings that were to take place. But what happened was one of the the, the two, one and two, uh, fell in love with each other uh, and that they produced an offspring themselves. That's the story of Ogo, uh, the wayward one who stole the spaceship, crashed it into Earth, and according to Dogon history, caused one of the great deluges. And after that, the Dogon was so upset about what took place that they came back and tried to uh, terraform uh, reintroduce civilization to the humanity that was still left on the planet, okay? Uh, even genetically uh, sacrificing one of themselves, uh, one of the pairs, uh, to do battle uh, with Ogo, who was a wayward spirit, and that Ogo on this planet uh, uh, is basically representative of us. Now, I must say this. There are a number of different ways uh, in terms of all the research that I've done on this uh, that I had to kind of like go in and break down. This is very pretty. It, it wasn't extremely difficult, but it took some time to shift through the various versions to, to again, come to a synthesis, come to a nexus uh, where we could kind of look at this thing and see this thing from one singular perspective using the various views in terms of, of uh, how this story really goes. And I'm pretty comfortable uh, with the one that I came down with. 
in terms of this whole thing, understanding uh, genetics, that, that's extremely important because the NOMO were supposedly uh, uh, genetic engineers, and that's how mankind was basically created on this planet. And that, that, that would be, you know, that would basically fit in line with what Elijah Muhammad was talking about when he said the white race was produced by a mad scientist named Yakub, right. the big-head scientist. And it's, that's interesting, sister, because um, I don't know outside of uh, Fra Muhammad uh, where he got that information. Uh, I don't, I'm not aware that he talked about the Dogon and the stuff that I've read on the Nation of Islam. Uh, but that, too, is in line with much of the stuff that Elijah Muhammad said. And I want people to be clear. I don't know if Elijah Muhammad... Uh, ever had contact with alien forces um, uh, outside of him talking about the mothership and that kind of thing. Uh, But uh, based on my own experience, (laughs) sister, with the uh, my abduction and talking to these beings and and them basically looking like uh, the, the being in Prometheus, and then to have that movie Prometheus come out almost a year after I had that abduction experience, um, and to now see Prometheus show up in Dogon is unbelievable because I had there's yeah. no way I could connect any of that. But now here we are with this thing talking about the origin of civilization in terms of Prometheus, and it's just blowing me away, sister. This is what I mean when I tell people. Oh, since that abduction experience, my life has not been the same. It's almost at times as if I'm being directed towards something. Yeah. You know, that's, the, that's the best way I can put it. But since that time, I've had absolutely no fear of anything, and I don't encourage anybody to be fearful of anything that's going on on this planet because once you begin to do the study, you know that death is a part of a synthesis and that many of us, are raised to fear death, and that that's the thing that basically governs our behavior, okay? And that that fear of death primarily comes from that same Judeo-Christian ethic. It comes from that same Judeo-Christian ethic. The scariest people on the planet are the Christian people. They fear everything. So... Uh, and I'm not talking about singular people. I'm talking about as a body. Uh, they're very, very, very uh, fearful. Uh, why, I don't know, but uh, or maybe I do know and just won't deal with it. But <laughs> And it seems like a lot of fear is also being uh, pumped into the people's minds every day, you know, through uh, media, news. You listen to the news, you'll be scared to come out your house. Oh, no question about it. That's the basic role of the media. As I said many years ago, if you look at uh, uh, the press, you want to understand what role the press plays. The most important part of any newspaper is the op-ed. That's opinions and editorials. If you take, it's always in the middle of the, of the paper. If you take op put that on one end, put Ed on the other end, 
and put the word press, which signifies media, put the word press in the middle. What you end up with is oppressed. That's the role that the media plays in terms of the people is to keep you oppressed. And it got so bad, sister, that uh, the, the media that I used to monitor in terms of mainstream media, I stopped watching any of it at the beginning of this year in January. I don't even watch the news anymore. I can't tell you the last time I watched TV. I, I don't remember. Uh, but I know it was sometime in the early part of January. It just got to the point that the propaganda, the CIA operatives yeah. in the yeah. media became so obvious, obvious you know, and how yeah. they labeling people t- uh, dictators and terrorists and all this kind of stuff. And I know that the CIA has a long history in the media. And we just saw, and I'm not prepared for this, but I'm working on this in the background. Uh, okay. I think it's Hastings. I forget his first name. Uh, the the guy from Rolling Stone magazine who was an editor of Rolling Stone magazine, he was in a brand new Mercedes Benz, and they blew up his car uh, because he was the one who wrote the stories on McChrystal that forced McChrystal to resign. Okay, mm-hmm. and people have to understand McChrystal comes from Opus Dei, Sovereign Military Order Malta. He's a part of the uh, right wing. Uh, Christian identity movement, okay? McChrystal used to be the head of all of the forces uh, in the military uh, up under the Secretary of Defense. Uh, He ran the Afghanistan and Iraq operations, McChrystal. But he was forced to resign after talking about Obubu uh, and having Hastings publish that material. But in looking at the history of Hastings, I have to give that guy a lot of credit for the things that he was saying because he was undressing the media as being a tool of the propagandas, the propaganda organs, uh, and that uh, when we when we get the release of the information relative to the government spying on everybody, yeah. that information started with the fact that it was revealed that they were spying on the media first. And then uh, then we had the whistleblower to come from the NSA, okay, who uh, now is on the run, Snowden. All this is happening at the same time. And it's revealed that the IRS is punishing people who don't see eye to eye with Obubu. Mm -hmm. And this is why I have to tell people, you better understand who Obubu really is because he's not one of you. And I've been saying this just before he got in office. And black people still running around here thinking that this guy is for them when he's one of the and most dangerous. But some people might not know who Obubu is. Well, there's a reason that he has an affinity for the CIA because in a nutshell, his mama comes from CIA working with Tim Guyton's daddy through the Ford Foundation, basically setting up a system where the Indonesian economy was being set up for collapse, the same system that they use on people in this country uh, that, that we just saw with the housing debacle, okay? Uh, that system was being set up by Barack Obama's mother uh, through the Ford Foundation uh, in Indonesia, uh, which is why they don't like the United States to this day. 
because people think we're doing. Rockefeller Foundation, uh, the Gamaliel Foundation, which is the one that Obama comes from. He comes from the Gamaliel Foundation. And I know several people that I've talked to about the process that they take you through to indoctrinate you to go and spy on your people. And I remember back in around 1980, sister, Brother Steve Coakley, and I know he's probably sitting up uh, in terms of his energy listening right now, uh, warned us about something that he called the early warning system. And he identified the so-called black organizations who, in fact, were being financed by many of these same foundations to identify to the white power structure who were the up-and-coming black leaders in any particular community. So NAACP, Urban League, Operation Push, and many, many other organizations were part of this construct of gathering the data, identifying who the up-and-coming people were. They would basically give that information to the white people. And then stuff would happen to you uh, if you were one of those up-and-coming activists and you would never know why it was happening if you weren't aware that there was, in fact, an early warning system warning white people when black people were getting ready to rise up. Mm-hmm. And, again, I must give credit to that brother for identifying that. I'm talking 1980. And nobody was really talking about these things, to my knowledge, uh, identifying the corporate structure, the military-industrial complex, uh, the elite system of control. Uh, in this country at that time, no one was doing it better than that brother, okay? I mean, I was I was blessed to sit right there in, in them audiences and listen to this brother as he broke down the corporate power structure to let us know that this is the thing that was going to take the place of government. That was in 1980, and now here we are in 2013, and uh, you can see it manifesting right before your eyes where everything under the guise of privatization is being taken over by the corporate structure so that corporations have now become people so that if you have a corporate structure that becomes city of Detroit, if you have a corporate structure that becomes your mayor, you must understand, city of Detroit and other major cities around the country, that your uh, so-called Supreme Court has already designated a corporation a person, therefore, that corporation, which is a person, can now govern your city. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see with the corporate takeover of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. That's right. All right, so this stuff is real. This is not a joke. Uh, I know they've been monitoring me since the early or the late 1980s when my name showed up in some magazine and uh at that time, I was still working a job and, and doing research, okay, uh, which is really a difficult thing if you ain't got the right kind of job. Luckily, I had the right kind of job. So during that time, uh, I was working a job and doing the research and only, you know, lecturing maybe once every couple of months or something like that because of the time, the time factor. So uh, it was only when I left that uh, in the 80s middle to late 80s, and begin to go out here and do things, this research full-time, uh, that, you know, I began to get pretty proficient uh, with it. But And it also allowed me to open up my eyes even further to see exactly what was going on 
uh, with black people because the question was always, sister, and the question still today for many people who don't know, how come white people dislike black people so much? And from my perspective, the answer is, as the first product of the genetic experiment, uh, uh, the first acceptable product, that's why you're the first people on the planet, you were the mm-hmm. first acceptable genetic uh, production uh, by the NOMO. You were the first acceptable. And so you have the powers uh, inherent in you, in your DNA, that doesn't exist in anyone else. And that's why you'll find your history uh, in every corner of this globe. You were here taking the knowledge to everybody else. You were global travelers long before there was a term called global travelers. So that's why you targeted black people. Uh, The only problem is they got us going in so many different directions, chasing so many people's uh, historical or religious paradigms that we haven't had the opportunity to focus on our own. I would rather run like the Dogon did and maintain my lineage than to stand and fight in some cases, uh, knowing that a loss is almost certain uh, because the white people have, in fact, a power as well. And that power is to be able to kill incessantly. If you look at the history, that's what you come up with. You come up with white supremacy being a system of being out thinking, not for survival, but for control. And that's the history of white supremacy. Right. Okay, how far back you go, you'll see mass murder where they fought with each other for control, not for survival, for control, and incorporated whoever was left. And then they went on to do the same thing to every other people that they came in contact with. That's the history. I'm not the author of it. I just see it for what it is. And again, does that mean today that all white people are this way? No, it doesn't. But if they're going to be honest with themselves, even they have to say that when they look at their history, man, there's blood everywhere. Everywhere. Particularly their religion. It's the bloodiest. All right. <laughs> so uh, that's what I see, sister. But, you know, uh, when, I, when I point out that uh, uh, the Dogon uh, were talking about Levy uh, being dual-sexed and immortal, uh, and that she was symbolized by uh, by the lion. Uh, we can see that in Kemet as well, okay? Uh, and that she produced those first single-sex organisms, uh, and that five generations later uh, we would uh, find ourselves uh, uh, through that genetically altering uh, and that we associated uh, with the eighth ancestor, number one and number eight, the genetic uh, pairing of those two. But I also, sister, found in the research that they found statues in southern Iraq uh, dating back uh, 
4,500 years before Christ, BCE. 4,500 years that have the same slanted eye, the same cow nose, uh, described by the Dogon elder in the 1930s when the two Frenchmen went to study the Dogon system in the 1930s. Uh, that same description given by the elder that they spent some years with and him laying out to them the history of the Dogon, the thing that the elder described is exactly the same thing that was found in southern Iraq uh, in terms of the statues 4,500 years before Christianity even existed, okay? And that the Nomo, who are the aliens from the Sirius star system, came to Earth to regenerate themselves because their planet was dying. Now, that's the exact same scenario, sister, that we find in Superman, Okay? The planet Krypton uh, was primarily uh, doomed to failure. And so they had to uh, remove part of their race from the planet if they wanted to survive. And that's the genesis, the genesis, if you will, of Superman. All right? We can see it right there in ancient Dogon history. And it's interesting because one of the things I haven't come to conclusion with, and I'm still doing the research on this, is when the Nomo came here, there was apparently a species of human. Well, I don't know if I could call it human. All here. Now, that's the thing that I haven't come to find out. I'm not prepared to come to a a conclusion on that because I'm not quite 100% sure if the Dogon history points to the origin of humanity taking place over eons uh, or if the Dogon history deals with a a certain point in the evolutionary phase of humanity where humans were here, but they weren't quite human. You follow me? Right. So that when they do the genetic experiment using Nomo and human, uh, are they dealing with a species with understanding or are they dealing with a species who's at a certain point in evolution. I'm going to have to come back to that. This okay. this Dogon is not it's not letting me leave it, okay? I can't leave it there. Uh, so, but I just want to let everybody know uh, that even I, uh, with all the research I've done on this, uh, I, there's still things that I'm not, I'm not quite ready to say 100%, you know, in terms of a, a, a final conclusion on this thing. Uh, so I know that there were, according to some of the stuff that I read, a species of human, but I don't know exactly at what stage of development that human or that 
species of evolution was that? You know, the white people have pondered that there was a species called caveman, Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about something like that that's not quite human, but is part of an evolutionary process. Could it have been Neanderthal? I'm going to have to continue my research. It would be dishonest if I didn't say that I cannot totally pull the curtain down on this thing because the performance, the actors are still being picked. So the performance is still going on. We, I can't close it on that. Uh, but I can just give so, you what the Dogon is saying. Go ahead, sir. Okay, so the Dogon, now, they're the ones that came here to this planet. And when they got the here, the Nomos. Right. It's the ones that came here to this planet. That was L- Liddy, right? Right, that's Levy. Right. Levy. Okay. Right. And now you saying when they came here, it was already something already here. If you want to call it human, man, can, but it was something. Because I believe that each planet has its own species. That is correct, sister. And the Dogon deal with that. Uh, we'll come to that, okay? I have a little information on that. And it's okay. really interesting. Uh, and, again, when I mentioned earlier that the God force, this uh, this energy uh, that we know as God, is a, appears to be a spiraling construct in the universe, okay, that goes from solar system to solar system, and will, in fact, manifest a species based on the Chemical construct, I'm using the word chemical because I can't find the word that I'm looking for, based on the, because eventually everything comes down to a chemical construct anyway, because uh, we measure everything in chemi- chemical constructs, iron, you know, metals, humans, whatever. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, whatever is the chemical construct of that solar system, this God force uses itself. This is where the Dogon talks about the pole, the pole which we've identified as the atom, and that the atom is a process of continuous, constant spinning of protons, neutrons, and electrons. Mm-hmm. And that that spinning, that God force put inside the pole that's called Amma's womb. Amma's womb, okay? Interesting they call it Amma's womb because... <clears throat> the very center of that is a black hole, just like the female genitalia, okay? Right. As above, so below, uh, where we find the exact same process taking place, where we see the hair on an infant, which looks like a serpent during the earlier part of gestation. They mm-hmm. even liken it to looking like a tadpole, right? Yeah. If you really look at that, and this, I know the sisters out there know what I'm talking about, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to distinguish between a female uh, a child, uh, egg, fetus, whatever you want to call it, uh, and an animal fetus, a reptilian fetus. Mm-hmm. The similarities are indistinguishable. You cannot tell the difference. So 
we can see an evolutionary process where the web hands, like an amphibian inside uh, uh, those web hands are removed over time. But at the beginning, the baby's hands are webbed, has webbed hands and feet. So again, we can see that there's an evolutionary process that takes place in nine months inside the womb where the scientists don't know how this occurs, but there's a fine, a very fine structure of hair on the body of the fetus after a certain point during pregnancy where scientists can absolutely say with certainty that this fine body of hair, interesting, sister, grows in a spiral, not on the head, all over the body. It grows in a spiral. So this is the kind of stuff that just really, you know, after all the identification of the spirals and things that we've done in terms of the universe and, and our cells and everything that grows on the planet, now we go into the uh, the male or the female genitalia, and we find during the process of birth that even the fetus uh, outside of the head, because some babies are born with no hair on the head, uh, but if you just look at the body, there's a brown. They say it's brown, a brown. Uh, uh, Spiral hair structure, very fine, that grows on the body of the fetus, and the scientists don't know what makes that happen. But I say it should be in line with most everything else that grows on this planet because it too grows in a spiral. Exactly. And we and, and we are no separate. I could, we are not separate. Go ahead, sister. And 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 I could see uh, the mother womb is a black hole, so why not? It wouldn't be a spiral. That is correct. but And, again, we don't see it that way. Uh, many of us don't because these things have been relatively foreign to us. We haven't been taught about these things. Uh, and that's for the system of control, uh, not to have you to understand the processes uh, by which man is connected to the universe. Oh, I'm sorry, ark, not man, because that basically, again, is a white supremacist term because man basically automatically – uh, removes the woman from the discussion. So we say instead of uh, man, we say ark. And, again, that basically uh, deals with the union between male and female because one of the other very interesting aspects of Dogon is that everything that they do in, up to this day uh, deals with the duality, the feminine and masculine principle, the duality. And all throughout Africa you will find to this day a denunciation of the single sex, which in this case would be the homosexual paradigm to this day, where Obubu goes to Africa and tries to sell the African people uh, homosexuality because he's allowed it to come out of the closet because he and a lot of these preachers out here who've been in the closet, yes, I said he, him, Obubu, closeted homosexual, wants to come out the closet now and feel free to express themselves. And, and it, it, you know, if you look at this thing logically, then you understand that the women, the sisters, who've always been accepting of homosexuals in the main, okay, because many of the preachers are homosexuals, mm-hmm. and the sisters have accepted them with open arms, no problem. 
no problem. Okay? Uh, then it's understandable why they fell in love with Obubu. Good looking, closeted homosexual. You know, disregard, you know, the the, the wife and children. Because we know right. many people throughout the Christian community, in the homosexual community, they call that a beard. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh this this guy Hastings uh and, and, and see sister, I feel when I'm being monitored. Nobody has to tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they've been monitoring me for quite some time. And that is why uh I don't get the uh, the the attention. Uh in some cases it's done purposely by my to give the information out there and put some things in place before they come at, at me. But uh, with this guy, uh, we seeing open-air murder take place. Not that it hasn't before, but he's been brazen with it in terms of a kill list, okay, a kill list. And it's my contention in doing the research. I ain't, again, I'm not at the conclusion of this, but it's my contention that this white guy from Rolling Stone magazine who they – uh, took remote control of his car, crashed it into a tree, but they blew the car up first, which is why the engine was like 35 to 50 yards away from where the car was. Just a brand-new Mercedes-Benz, that don't happen. Right. That engine don't come out of there on no accident with no tree, 30 to 50 yards away from where the tree in the car was. The car was blown up, remote control. And that's what happened to that guy. Uh, I'd say he was the first one in this country, in this country, to be killed from the kill list because he was getting ready to expose some old CIA stuff, okay, that he said was going to blow the socks off. But see, because I've been doing the study of the CIA for so long, going back to the early 80s, that's one of the things that Steve Coakley uh, laid down in terms of the counterintelligence program, COINTELPRO. Shortly after it came out, he was doing the research on it in the late 70s. And so he began to go and get the books and do the research on the CIA from people like Philip A.G. and others who were turncoat CIA people. And he began to understand and tell us how the CIA moved about, how they operated. And that now we got black CIA agents because black people think that CIA is only white people. Right. There's, I received an email recently, sister, about a black CIA agent who just wrote a book. I don't know his name. It, you know, it's not uppermost in my mind, uh, mm-hmm. but I'll make sure I send you the email on that. But this guy is running around, you know, singing the praises of the CIA, and no black person who is really a black person should ever become involved in the CIA. Uh, understand that they killed almost every black leader that you've ever had. And those that they didn't kill, they set them up and locked them up under false pretenses. So for black CIA agents to run around out here and tell black people uh, that somehow they're a symbol of virtue is ridiculous. And so that's when I knew I wouldn't like Obubu, sister, from day one when I began to understand that this guy was a CIA operative, okay, a CIA asset, and that his whole family was CIA. That's the white part of his family. And that even his father came here by way of British intelligence. 
that right. will subsequently be revealed. And that his stepfather from Indonesia, Alolo Sotero, was also an intelligence asset sent to Hawaii, where MK Ultra was headquartered, okay, at Hawaii <laughs> University. That was the headquarters of MK Ultra. MK Ultra was a prod, part of the whole counterintelligence move, the whole COINTELPRO move. So when I look at every facet of who this guy was, he pointed to the CIA everywhere. So I said, wow, this guy is dangerous. Well, black people just looking at him and Michelle, which I turned a big butt and a smile, they just looking at them and, oh, I thought they looked lovely. And, you know, and then I began to wonder, was he here in 87 when Harold Washington uh, met his untimely demise? Now, I know we're going all over the place off the subject matter, but, you know, again, so I, when you take me down certain roads, you ask me certain questions, my brain doesn't just go there and then switch back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's still connecting the dots, though. Yes, yes. Uh, all this is relevant in terms of African people today and just what we accept as normal uh, in terms of our history, uh, both uh, past and present. Because I'm saying we're outside of the realm of normality when we begin to worship things outside of us. Uh, our problems are internal. They are not external. Uh, all the powers of white supremacy is not, in fact, the genesis of our problem. Our problem is no clear understanding, understanding of who we are, where we come from, and thereby, if you don't know who you are or where you come from, where you're going really doesn't matter. And I think that's our problem. And that's what the Dogon have been steadfastly uh, maintaining their connection with the serious star system. And the white people know as we discussed this, because they have quite clearly uh, decided to name themselves Blue Bloods based on the fact that Sirius A is a, a blue-white star. And they are now saying, well, they ain't just said it, but they've been saying it undercover for some time, uh, even with Dave Ike and the reptilian thing. All of this fits in with the reptilian factor of them being blue bloods from the star Sirius. They're saying that they are, in fact, descendants from the star Sirius, and that's why they turn themselves blue bloods. So all these things uh, align themselves up. But I find it quite interesting that I had to go to the black people to get a, a pretty clear view of, in terms of where people really come from. I didn't go to the white thing because the white thing is imitating the black thing. And now right. we got the black thing imitating the white thing that's imitating the black thing. Right. So what you got is black folk imitating white folk who are imitating black folk. And we made that denunciation. Uh, that uh, we came to that conclusion many years ago that black people imitate white people who are imitating black people, without having all of to do, to put some closure on that statement. But it's proven itself to be absolutely correct, and that we we worship and things outside of us because we don't have any clear understanding of our own history. So we'll grab a piece of history at some point. Uh, be it Christian or Hebrew or Islam, uh, because we don't want to go to the original thing. We get comfortable with where we say 
or we feel we fit in because it deals with a part of our paradigm. Because Christianity does, in fact, deal with a part of our paradigm. There are parts of that that deal with us. Islam does, in fact, deal with a part of our ancient paradigm because it, in fact, deals with parts of us. Uh, Hebrew uh, is, in fact, a part of our paradigm because there's a part of our history. But all of them have parts of it. And I would think, sister, that we would want the whole thing instead of part of the thing. Again, that's why I respect the Dogon for running away from Christianity and and uh, uh, Islam uh, to maintain that history, to maintain that flow, and to be able to hand down that history for thousands of years in an oral tradition where that history is still intact to this day. And then when the white people go there and study it, they begin to scratch their heads. They can't, they can't figure out how these poor people who don't have the Mercedes and the Lexus and all that kind of stuff, how these poor people can map, and ser- seriously, sister, they have charted whole star systems based on what the NOMO told them when they came here. They have charted, charting the stars without benefit of any of the technology that we use today to do exactly the same thing. This is why the white people who didn't have the technological wherewithal in the 1930s dismissed the Dogon until quantum physics comes about and serious, uh, uh, the serious star system in terms of Sirius B, is finally identified, right? Or at first, they're pushed to the side as some crackpot. And then when the white people begin to take seriously the Dogon history, they begin to study it, and they see these people had, in fact, been able to, uh, uh, to do quantum physics using the sacred geometry that came out of ancient Kemet, because that's where they originally came from, okay, through Nubian culture and Kemetic culture that uh, we find that black woman, there's no accident that that black woman, that the, the Greeks began to call Isis, that we know as our set, is subsequently wiped off the map and removed and replaced by the white deities uh, led today, as we know, through Jesus and Mary, which is, again, the story of, of Asur and our set, or Isis and Osiris. But there have been many uh, uh, derivatives of that down through the years. Okay. So it's no accident, sister, to me that we find ourselves where we do. You are so right. Now, uh, Brother X, I'm going to uh, let you get a water break, and I'm going to get the water break for a couple of uh, for a minute or two here. And because I don't have my um, chat room. If you want to call in and talk to Brother X uh, before we go off the air, you can call 347-215-8041 and push the number 1, and that will let me know that you want to talk to Brother X. Uh, So uh, we're we're going to – I'm going through a break, Brother X, for about two minutes. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Chicago, Illinois, 
and he is one of our master researchers here. Uh, Brother Robert X, can you give the people your uh, email so they can contact you if they want to send some donations to you or to get some takes and information from you? Well, I appreciate it, sister. They can uh, email me at mccrayr9599 at Yahoo. And there's a particular document uh, that I'd like to email me tonight uh, that's a synthesis of three books by this white girl named Sharon Dory. I'm Sharon. Shannon Dory. Shannon Dory. She's done extensive work on the Dogon, but don't just rely on her stuff uh, because she has a severe problem admitting that the origins of African civilization and many of the religions, religious constructs uh, that we rely on for guidance. So she basically deals with how these African uh, ancient uh, historical facts in terms of Dogon were passed down through the cultures all over the place, everywhere, okay, all over Europe. And she chronicles uh, the relationship between uh, what the Europeans were expressing in terms of their religious dogma. Uh, in fact, uh, the Dogon, which I hesitate, I hesitate strongly uh, to call it a religion. I don't call it that. I, that's why you see me, hear me saying Dogon history or symbology and cosmology. I don't call it a religion. I don't know if we can call it a religion because my origin on the planet shouldn't have anything to do with my religion, which is a, a man-made construct. So I don't call it religion. She keeps referred to on it, keeps referred to on it as a religion, and I, I just don't accept that. Okay, that's out of respect for my people. When I hear them refer to it as a religion, then I'll call it that. But I ain't heard them refer to it as a religion, so I don't call it that. That's for other people to you know make that determination. But I've got a lot of documentation here, sister. So if we don't okay. have a lot of people that want to talk right now, what I'd like to do is kind of go through some things here. Okay. Uh, and this document is almost 200 pages. I I was lucky and I had my printer, so I was able to download it and read the whole thing. It's quite fascinating okay. when you look at the his, the history of, of Europe and how they got the Dogon history and they didn't change it here and changed it there. And that's, that's why you got Christianity today. It's really, really, really interesting, okay? But uh, okay. Uh, suffice it to say, uh, I think when I stopped talking about Dogon, I was talking about them, uh, basically uh, the uh, ancestor, uh, Ogomatelli, uh, Ogotomeli, who basically was talking to the white boys uh, in the 1930s, giving them the history of the Dogon, and that he was pointing out to them that they were aliens uh, from the Sirius star system who came to Earth to regenerate themselves because their planet was dying, and that the Nomor were considered to be magicians by the species that were already here because of their advanced knowledge in science, genetics, quantum physics, and much, much more. And in Dogon history, they point out that there were three words, three words, which is extremely important because the words were, in fact, genetic experiments that were connected to the Nomo. 
uh, one was the nomo, the other was the mistress of speech, and the third was the lady, and that all these were dual-sex females. Now, further down the line, when I say dual-sex females, picture half man or half uh, half human, half pig, but the predominant half human is female. You picture a mermaid. That's why you, you begin okay. to understand how the mermaids, I think there was just a, a lot of discussion maybe a month or so ago on mermaids and who they are and where they come from and how they were always associated with fishermen and water, right, because that's where their domain right. was, and that the Dogon landed here and they were, in fact, an amphibious water-based species and that they resided in the waters and that there's no accident that the water is blue. Because the water is supposed to be a manifestation from the electromagnetic grid that's coming down to us uh, from this a serious star system, okay? Through this electromagnetic electromagnetic grid that we discussed earlier, where Sirius A and Sirius B are in fact a components of hydrogen and oxygen, which gives us water. So when you look at this thing, sister, all adds up. There's no uh, break your logic in your brain begins to kick in, and these things become so clear to you. Uh, at least they did for me that I have you know no argument for the most part with any of this. But what happened was, Levy, one of the three words, and when they say words, they're basically talking about genetic engineering, because in the beginning yeah, was the word, right? Uh-huh. According to the book of Genesis, which is really, truly the genes of Isis, okay, that's what Genesis is, yeah. it's dealing with genetics, in that yeah. Isis is a, a Greco-Roman symbol for the mistress of speech, Lebe, okay, the nomo. So, again, we can see the clear uh, connection between what the Dogon uh, uh, know to be true, and we can see it subsequently manifest itself in parts in Scripture, which is like reading uh, a book that somebody else didn't put their spin on it, and you're supposed to take it as absolute fact. No, you're supposed to take it, go back and do the research on it, and see if you can align uh, what they say with facts, and I hate to say it, but all of the religions come up short in that because they are derivatives. They are not the, the original. They are derivatives of each other. The Jews, or the so-called Jews, the Hebrews, uh, gave us Christianity. And when we go to Superman tomorrow, everybody's going to see it right there in the movie with Peter and this kind of thing known as the fisherman, uh, son of Noah, who uh, is aligned with Jonah who supposedly swallowed the whale and all this kind of thing. All these things were swallowed by a whale. All these things basically line themselves up when you begin to study the Dogon stuff, okay? And then you begin to see the fallacies in the religious constructs, uh, but you begin to see the, the reality or the truth in the religious construct as well. But Levy was genetic experiment number three, uh, okay. the third word. She was the mother of humans, and she was symbolized by the sun, and she was still immortal. 
but that Dogon history uh, basically was closely uh, aligned with or paralleling the Gnostics, uh, the Apocrypha, Old Testament, which was considered too radical to add to the Scripture. And because it was considered too radical to add to the Scripture, I call it a prescription. It's like going to Walgreens based on something your doctor tells you to get. He writes a prescription. You don't question what he's written because you think he's giving you something that's good for you. Okay? But you have no idea what it is. You just have to go on face value that what he is writing for you is correct in terms of alleviating you of whatever it is that's bothering you. But the fact of the matter is the scripture is, in fact, a prescription or a postscript, depending on how you look at it, all right? But you need to do further research on these religions before you align yourself to them. Uh, but, and I, I look at, looked at that, and so I had to go and take a look at the, the Gnostics. And I found out that the Gnostics believed that God created the world through wisdom, okay? And that uh, this wisdom was known as Sophia, which was the embodiment of duality in terms of good and evil. In, in ancient Kemet or sacred geometry, that would be the plus and minus, which everything on the planet is a construct of, negative and positive, in all energy is, in fact, dual. When you look at electricity, you see blue and white, okay? You see positive and negative interacting with each other. So it's no different in mankind. You have that same duality. But uh, in this particular construct, here's what they say in Shannon Darty's piece having to deal with uh, the Gnostics and what they believed in terms of the duality. Uh, They say here that Lady was symbolized by a lion, had a serpent tail, and was created during the third experiment or third word. Lady's uh, creation was considered the hope for humanity. Now, keep in mind, the symbol of Superman the S is hope. That's what they point out in the movie. And that she was immortal and she associated with, was associated with the sun symbol. She goes on to say, similarities between the Dogon religion and Gnosticism, the apocryphal documents, were left out of the New Testament in the 4th and 5th centuries because it was considered too pagan and incompatible with Christian church fathers and the Christian doctrine. The Orthodox Church was successful at banning the writings and the teachings of Gnosticism. Gnostic writings, uh, it wasn't until 1945 that Gnostic writings found in Upper Egypt, uh, uh, these, these documents uh, became known as the Nag Hammadi Library, Nag Hammadi Library, H-A-M-M-A-D-I, Hammadi, Nag, N-A-G. Nag Hammadi Library provided evidence that uh, come on here, page that the Gnostic writings are based on the Old or New Testament or both, and that they represent a way of radically reinterpreting the the biblical tradition. 
they, she says, the Gnostics agreed that the salvation of human beings depended on their gaining knowledge of the origin of the world. It was through the God of the universe. Uh, it was through. It was thought the God of the universe created the world through His chosen chosen agent, wisdom. Wisdom, called Sophia, represented uh, being good and kindly, and also an agent of evil. The evil was the result of the nomos interference in the natural evolution of the earth. You see, so that's saying here that there was a species already here that was evolving. But when the Nomo came here, they that evolutionary process by creating genetically engineered beings, okay? Uh, so that's where, sister, I can't leave that out. So my research is not complete, but I'm giving people a, a better overall understanding of our history based on what I've found so far. Uh, so but they go on to say... Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. So when the nobles came here, uh, do you think that the species that was here, <clears throat> that they kind of mixed <clears throat> themselves with the species that was here and came up with another species, or did they create a whole new species? They mixed with the species that was here. These are some of the experiments that are going on, okay, with levy, okay. using levy to okay. mate with, and I know there's some people out there, I can feel them, thinking the nephilim and all this kind of, well, that's absolutely correct. The nephilim was, in fact, the part of that social paradigm. But the question becomes, at what point in the evolutionary process did these things take place? Because then the other things with the nephilim and the Anunnaki and all of these things will line themselves up logically. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if there was a species here, was that species here before the great deluge that we know as the flood, that we know actually happened, and there was more than one? There was more than one. That's extremely important to understand. The flood that we know of in terms of Noah and the ark and that kind of thing was not the only flood. And if you go back and look at the movie Prometheus, at its very beginning, they place you with the spaceship hanging in the air and this being standing over this huge water. I'm, I'm saying it's a waterfall, but to me it was symbolizing the great deluge because there was no other humanity on the planet. The Prometheus figure breaks up after drinking something, a black substance. He drinks a black substance and then he deteriorates and falls into the water. When he falls into the water, they show his DNA reconstructing based on the, the uh, chemical makeup of the water. And that Prometheus uh, in Greek mythology was supposed to be he stole fire from heaven. That's the same thing that the Dogon say, uh, stole fire, okay? The fire that he stole, remember, we pointed out that he stole his own placenta. He stole his own DNA. And that Prometheus stealing the fire and producing another race, not stealing literal fire, he was, in fact, a reinterpretation of the, of the Dogon history pointing out that Ogo stole his own placenta. It was about DNA. That's why 
in the beginning of Genesis, it deals with these three words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. But we got to understand that the word was really talking about genetic engineering. Right. And that, So that's what all this stuff is really talking about, okay? And as I've, over the years, got involved with studying DNA and these kind of things, it invariably leads me to Hebrew and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> in threads, mm-hmm. the use of words like threads. When you hear threads, they're talking about DNA. And when you hear weaving in ancient Kemet, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago with Neith, that she was the weaver of all matter. And what they're saying is that weaving was basically dealing with DNA, genetic engineering. So everywhere you look, this is what you see. The only thing that's missing uh, from Dogon is that they didn't have the machines capable of dealing with this. And I'm saying that they didn't need the machine because their mental processes yeah. were so pronounced that they were able to do the same things using the mental capacities, black people. This is why everybody fear you. Yeah. That you got yeah. things, you can do things with your brain that nobody yeah. else can do. That's right. And that's why they want to make sure that they control what you think. As long as they control your thinking, they got you. And so they'll create something close to what is you and to have you to gravitate to that. When that little thing that it takes to trigger what you really are is left out of the equation. So yeah. they'll give you 75% of what you are and keep the other 25% because that 25% is what triggers your DNA to make you remember who and what you are. That's right. That's what's important about this system. And the more I study, uh, the more it becomes crystal clear to me that this is what's going on, okay? Yeah. But look, they're going here to say the evil was the result of the normal interference in the natural evolution of Earth. The good was uh, the normal and the ancestors trying to educate the humans to find their way back to the truth. In Gnostic writings, the result of their interference was defined as chaos, and that's where we get the term order out of chaos. In the Gnostic scriptures, they go on to say, the word was identified with Sophia, considered to be the embodiment of holy wisdom. In Dogon uh, mythology, the word was so, S-O. The fourth word was known as the clear word, so, dei, so, dei. And the good word, so, izu, so, izu. Hello? Okay. Um, Okay, Uh, Brother Robert X. <clears throat> he his phone dropped, so he's gonna have to call us back in. Call us back in, Robert X. Uh, you was getting to the heart of it when you told us the key. The key is all in uh, how we can do things mentally more so than here he come now. Okay. Robert X? Yes, sister. Okay, uh, we got you. He'd be right if they didn't, you know, cut us off. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I expect these days. <laughs> it, it gets 
fascinating, sister, uh, because, again, I'm studying Dogon, and lo and behold, I'm headed to the Gnostic scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the last thing I expect to run into, okay? But okay. it takes me there, and so I have to go there to deal with it, all right? But I think when I was cut off, I was talking about the uh, the fourth word was known as the clear right. word, uh, okay. which the Dogon calls Sodei, D-A-Y-I. And the good word, so easy, easy you. And they go on to say here that this constituted the final stage of knowledge. And that during the Dogon initiation process, individuals acquired an educational uh, nature that made them understand the structure of the universe. That's these poor people that's living on the side of caves to this day. They're being taught the structure of the universe handed down from thousands of years by the ancestors. Now, you go to the average school today and see if it's the structure of the universe. You probably have to go through advanced educational uh, systems to get that kind of knowledge. But the Dogon has been handing it down. And you're still not going to get it. Correct. correct. (laughs) From the school, astrology, astronomy, and that kind of thing uh, cease to be taught. Uh, people don't need to know these things because man is basically uh, uh, recreating the whole notion in space exploitation, not exploration, exploitation. Uh, but they don't know what they're up against because I've tried to point out to people that the cosmos dictate all movement. I've been saying this for many years, and that you could come up with an artificial or synthetic construct all you want. Uh, you can't imitate the cosmos. Okay, so when they talk about blocking out the rays of the sun, geoengineering the planet and all this kind of thing, uh, blocking out the rays of the sun, can you imagine that, sister, when the sun is the thing that's used to uh, replenish and nourish the planet by way of the serious star system? Right. And hear these people running around talking about blocking out the rays of the sun. Climate change. And now Obubu is running around the planet talking about climate change, telling Africans, y'all don't need no cars and y'all don't need no air conditioning because you know, this thing off because we got too many people and we basically messing up the atmosphere. That's what he's telling them. Right, and, and so, they believe in Well, some of them do, but I'm going to say it again. Everywhere he's going in Africa this time around, he's being met with protests by African people. Okay. Everywhere. Because they began to what? see through the facade. Okay. Go ahead, sir. I know it's a lot of people, not only in Africa, a lot of people here believe that. Yeah, because the things that he said don't line up with the things that he's done. And when mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting, to all black people it should be interesting, whenever things having to do with our people come up, he's absent. He's AWOL. You can't find it. Don't want to deal with it. But he'd go to Coward University and speak to the gay and lesbian uh, graduation ceremonies and tell them, you know, trying to tell men, you know, how to treat their families. You know, and, I, it, it, you know, sister, it's just, just sit back now because I don't even mention his name because I don't want to give him the energy. And I right. don't think we should give him the energy. I think that we should treat him like we treat the system of white supremacy. Uh, render ourselves invisible uh, 
from the the nuances of what it does to us, understanding who and what we are. Uh, you can, in fact, render yourself invisible. Some people call it shape-shifting and, and these kind of things. Uh, yeah. But this is a, that's a part of the ancient construct that African people were able to use that you know other people began to use and begin to dominate us using our own stuff. Okay, yeah. uh, so I'm saying uh, we've lost touch with much of that, and we need to get back in touch with that. But one one last thing here with this particular article, uh, they say here that uh, the, the, this led them in terms of the, uh, the universe. This led them to as conscious and complete a life as possible within nature and society. Elements of Dogon mythology can be found throughout the Gnostic scriptures. Uh, they go on to say, uh, on the origin of the world, uh, it mentions the androgynous lion man who represents Lady in Dogon mythology. Uh, I believe the character in question is associated with the jackal because the jackal was a single-sex male. That's Ogo, the dog, okay? Born alone and separated from the spiritual essence of the nomo. The Gnostic passage says, he saw only himself. He did not see another except water and darkness. He thought that he was alone. In Dogon, the jackal symbolized the first human and the failed experiment. The jackal and the lebe became confused in later cultures because lebe was perceived as being a regeneration of the jackal. So you see what they're talking about is there were several periods of time where mankind, after the jackal was produced in genetic experiments, they had to come back to make up because the jackal caused the great flood by crashing one of the Dogon, uh, Dogon one of the Nomo spaceships into the planet. That that was one of the reasons for one of the deluges. Okay, I'm thinking that's the deluge that dealt with Noah. So they come back, they terraform the planet using some kind of copper substance to make the planet habitable to grow food and things like that. So they begin to re-educate the people, to begin to reteach the people that were here based on their genetic mistake. And they begin to reproduce, do another experiment, where this is where the, the current uh, system of humanity today resides from, since that flood. So you see what I'm saying about, uh, my research is not complete in terms of having to go back and deal with that other race that was here that produced Ogo, uh, the jackal, uh, set in Kemet, that we would subsequently go underground. Because when the Nomo came back the second time, they almost landed, according to the mythology, they almost landed on Ogo, and he was forced to retreat underground. So, again, it lines up with the... the uh, the history in ancient Kemet in terms of, you know, the whole uh, piece with Seth. So, right. again, you begin to see uh, all of these things line themselves up with each other, and this is what's so fascinating to me about this. But they go on to say, in the Dogon, the jackal symbolized the first human in the failed experiment. The jackal and Lebe became confused in later cultures because Lebe was perceived as being a regeneration of the jackal, symbolized by the fox the rooster, and dog. Lebe appears on second and third century amulets of, of uh, the snake-footed god called the jackal holding the stolen fire. The Dogon religion 
Uh, I see. I see a religion. I ain't supposed to say that. In the Dogon, the jackal was the one who stole the fire. That lines itself up with Greek mythology and Prometheus, who stole the fire. And again, the very beginnings of the movie Prometheus deals with that. One other article here, sister, uh, and we'll just run this until into tomorrow, and we'll go straight into okay. the Superman thing because I must give the people these articles on the feminine principle, okay. which I keep leaving most of this stuff out. But I want people to have a clear understanding of what happened with the physical, with the feminine principle. This is from an article entitled The Prophet Enoch. Now, I have a book that I haven't had the opportunity to read with other books that I've gotten in my collection here. It's called The Book of Enoch. Okay, but this is an article uh, from Higher Intellect, higherintellect.info, okay, higherintellect.info. But uh, just Google uh, the prophet Enoch, higher, forward slash higher internet, intellect, and this should come up. Here's what they say in this article. The soul, the same soul was Enoch, the prophet, was also Thoth, Hermes, Metatron, among others, who wrote, quote, books about the sacred knowledge of creation, unquote. These creational stories are based on patterns of geometry that repeat in cycles through the concept of time. Through the concept of time. They are creational stories based on patterns of geometry, the sacred geometry, sister. Pi, uh, which is what we are. We are mathematical constructs. Okay, that's why uh, the process of birth begins to uh, begin to deal with the process of time, from the moment of conception, from gestation through childbirth. It's all dealing with time, and that the doctors will check you at certain points or certain times during the process of uh, pregnancy. All the way up until birth, certain things automatically take place. Certain limbs are produced based on certain points during the pregnancy for all humans. And if that's not a geometric pattern, the geometric patterns repeat themselves. That it is, okay? That you know that there's a system involved in it. Okay, we have lost uh, Robert X again. He's going to call back in. We have 17 more minutes of the show. Um, This is a lot of information that he's given us. You're probably going to have to go back and listen to the show again. He's going to be back on tomorrow uh, at uh, 9 p.m., and he's going to uh, look at the movie Superman and how that is related to the Dogon uh, history and the information that he has been laying out for us. Okay, let's see. Okay, uh, Brother Robert X, can you hear us? Yes, yes I'm talking Okay, we can hear you. Okay. Okay, excellent. Uh, but I, I was saying here, the last little piece of it says, he came among the people and by his sermons, talking about Enoch, in speeches mm-hmm. he made the people give up the idolatry and obey the command of God. During his reign, there was peace and justice. They go on the ancient Greeks declared that Enoch is the same as Mercury. Hermes Trismegistus 
writing the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Writing the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Enoch taught the sons of men the art of building cities uh, and enacted admirable laws. He discovered the knowledge of the zodiac and the course of the planet. And he pointed out to the sons of men that they should worship God, fast, pray, give alms. And he appointed festivals for sacrifice to the sun at each of the zodiacal signs. And in, in Dogon, they call that the Sigi, the Sigi ceremony. Okay? The Sigi ceremony. Uh, they go on here closing out by saying in this, this last line, which I thought was extremely interesting. Enoch's name signified in the Hebrew initiate or initiator. He was an initiate, okay, of the sacred science. That's what he was. Uh, oh, one last piece here that I think everybody will find in this particular article. It says here, the book of Enoch from the Bible and banned by the early church. Copies of it were found to have survived in Ethiopia, and fragments in Greece. Enoch is, is the supposed author of 366 books. Brother Polite, Brother Polite is on his way to them 366 books. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they go on to say the most famous are the first, the second, and the third books. Now it's interesting, sister, that those books appear to me to line up with those three experiments, those genetic experiments called the words. Okay, the three words, and that the the the, the term apocryphal, pseudepigraphal, uh, and pseudepigraphal mean non-canonical, uh, not accepted into the recognized books of the Bible, and that of all the legends, uh, is Enoch transported to heaven and there transformed into the angel Metatron. Once there, he was made into Metatron one of the supreme angels, uh, not to mention the tallest of the angels, with 36 wings and 265,000 eyes. So I just thought that that was interesting. Uh, I've been so involved in other I haven't had the opportunity to even read this. That's the future because, again, I'm, this, this stuff is taking me down past, and I don't, I don't maneuver around the past. Uh, I try to go through them. Because I think that that's the only way that you know I can give the, as much correct information to our people uh, on this stuff as I can. So, as I said before, uh, when it came to Kabbalah, I had to go through it with the three, the seven, and the twelve, adding up to the twenty-two, and, and those kind of things. And what that three represents, what the seven represents, and what the twelve represents, and it lines up succinctly uh, uh, with the study of the stars. And the origin of humanity with the mother letters and all these kinds. Of, not the father letters, the mother letters, the three mother letters. So, I'm still going to the tarot. I mean, I'm not supposed to be the, the fool in particular. Right. I didn't think I was going to have to go through that. Uh, I dealt with that last year. But the stuff that I dealt with is bringing me right back up and studying all of the Dogon knowledge. So the Dogon say that the evil was a result of genetic engineering by no more on earth, and that good uh, represents a no more attempt to correct their error using the eight ancestors. 
the eight ancestors are the eight sail lines, uh, the eight nomos, the eight ancestors, Genesis, the genes of Isis. Gnostics, Gnostics call that interference chaos. And in their text, uh, the word was Sophia, uh, who was considered synonymous with holy wisdom. And as the Dogon called the word, as we said, so, so, dai, so, izu, and that kind of thing. So the Dogon say the first failed genetic experiment produced a jackal, which was a single-sex male. That was an error. They say he was the one who stole the fire. People can get this article. You can pull this. Uh, you breaking up. Say that again. Can you hear Hello? Hello? Okay. Brother Robert X has dropped again. It's getting hot up in here. So um, he's going to call back in. We have about 10 more minutes to the show. And um, we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow uh, I shall have my chat room up and going, uh, and you can communicate uh, through the chat room. Also, uh, you can call 347-215-8041 just in case. Uh, Robert X goes over a little bit if we could get him back on uh, so he can finish this up. It is so interesting. It's just amazing listening to all of this knowledge and this information, how we have really been in the dark, uh, walking around sleep. Uh, in the matrix, whatever you want to call it. But once you start listening to this information, this knowledge, this wisdom, it opens up a lot of uh, things here. Uh, Robert X. Yes, can you hear me, sister? Okay. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, you're working overtime. That's all right. I understand. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. We hanging in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. When I stop, sister, I don't know if, if I, I if you heard where I pointed out that they say that the one the nomo say the one who stole the fire. Uh huh. For the single man. Prometheus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And that uh, the one who stole the fire was Prometheus, and that the stolen fire appears to be genetic uh, engineering uh, capability. Uh, but this is from that same document from Sharon uh, Doherty. Here's what they say, and I know people who get into the Nephilim and that kind of thing in terms of scripture. They will appreciate this. Here's what they say here. They say, the origin of the Nephilim begins with the story of the fallen angels. Uh, Shemhazi, uh, an angel of high rank, led a sect of angels in a descent to earth to instruct humans in righteousness. The tutelage went on for a few centuries, but soon the angels pined for the human females. After lusting, the angels, the fallen angels instructed women in magic and conjuring and made it uh, with them and produced hybrid offspring that was called the Nephilim. The Nephilim's appetites were immense, devouring all of humankind's resources. They even began to consume humans themselves. The Nephilim 
attack oppressed humans and were the cause of massive destruction on the earth. See, this is the same Ogo story, okay? The same story. Uh, yeah. And they are re- they are referred to as Emim, E-M-I-M, or terrors, uh, Rithium, R-E-P-H-I-M, uh, or Weakeners, or Gibberim, G-I-B-B-O-R-I-M, or giant heroes. This is the race of the giants. Uh, yes. Zamzumin, Zamzumin, uh, Z-A-M-Z-U-M-M-I-M, or achievers. Uh, Anakim, Anakim, or long neck, and Awim, A-W-W-I-M, or devastators and serpents. Other giants, uh, such as Goliath, a giant with 12 fingers and 12 toes is is mentioned as one of the Rithium, R-E-P-H-A-I-M. Uh, the Nephilim of Canaan, the Nephilim of Canaan that Joshua and the other Hebrew spies saw. Uh, one of the Nephilim, Arba, built a city, which was named for its founder, known as Hebron or Hebron, okay, very prominent in the so-called Jewish uh, paradigm of today. They go on and close and they say, God instructed the angel Gabriel to ignite a civil war among the Nephilim. He also chose Enoch to inform the fallen angels of the judgment pronounced on them and their children. Uh, The end of the Nephilim came in the war incited by Gabriel. The giants annihilated each other. So that was supposed to be the end of the Nephilim. And, of course, there have been excavations where giant bone structures have been found uh, that, you know, people can't really explain where they came from or how they came. But uh, you can clearly see, again, that this stuff lines itself right up uh, with Scripture. And keep in mind that these are supposed to be a backwards group of people, according to the system of white supremacy, because they don't worship the Lexus or the dollar and this kind of stuff, okay? Because they understand that there are things that are infinitely more important. And, sister, I don't know how much time we got, uh, uh, we but I got a lot. Of- we have about five more minutes. And uh, wow. give them your information and uh, the people that's listening, you know, uh, Brother Robert X does a lot of research. Please send him some, do- send him a donation, uh, so he can continue with his research and continue to give us this valuable information. Robert X, give them uh, your email again. Okay, my email is m c c r a y r nine five nine nine at Yahoo <clears throat> and sister. Uh, If we can take one call You know, we've got to get one call in here This time goes so fast So wherever we left off today We'll just pick up tomorrow Uh, I'll make some Some changes to incorporate The whole Superman thing Because when people hear that It's going to really blow your mind I guarantee it So let's take a call to get it Okay, uh, because the people that was on the line, I see they, they hung up. But, Carl, we're going to go off the air on the computer, but if you're on the telephone, you'll still be able to hear us. And the phone number to call in is 
215-8041 and push the number 1 and that will let me know that you want to talk to Robert X. So if you have a question, a comment, this is the perfect time uh, to call in so you're able to ask any question while we have Robert X still here on the phone. Okay, yeah, Robert yeah, tomorrow, X, we still have about five minutes. Okay, tomorrow I will not mention Obubu and the political stuff. We're going to stay with the feminine principle because, again, I want the sisters to understand what is happening with them, you know, why you are being treated the way you are. Uh, and I want the brothers to know that you have an obligation to protect the only thing that you got of value on this planet. I don't care how much money you think you got. I don't care how much other stuff you think you got. The only thing you really got of value that can reduplicate you is your woman. And if you don't respect her and protect her, uh, then you really aren't worthy of her. And you should complain when other people uh, abuse her because you're abusing her. So that's just my spiel on that. But I would have hoped that we would have gotten, you know, at least one call. I don't, you know. Well, I have a caller. I have a caller that's here. Let's see. Uh, uh, 111, are you there? 111. One eleven, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a guy <specific laughs> call. Okay, let's try uh area code two six two three two seven. Two six two Hello two seven. Yes, we Hi. hear you. Hi. Hi. Uh this yes, this is the Marja calling from Milwaukee. And my question uh for Brother Robert X is I was told that um the images of falling angels uh, that, you know, we see are actually, I'm sorry, the images of angels that we see uh, are actually fallen angels. And um, that argument was supported by the person saying that that's the reason why they have wings. And um, I just want to get your opinion on that. Well, that, you know, that could be the case. I mean, uh, our set is pictured uh, with wings very prominently. But what those wings represent on our set are the travels of African people throughout the planet, uh, ingratiating people with the knowledge that they had. That's why you'll find African history everywhere, and that the bird was considered uh, symbolic of traveling great distances, and that's why the bird figures very prominently in the uh, ancient Kemetic sciences, uh, and that those wings represent travels. So, again, I can't argue with that because there are many manifestations of what we, these things that we term angels, uh, the nomo are in fact angels. You follow what I'm saying? And that yes. I think that what we need to do, even with, because what I'm talking about here is the Gnostic version of fallen angels, not the Nomo version of fallen angels. They don't refer to them as angels. I think that what we need to do is line up these concepts of mythical creatures and figures with the DNA stories that deals with what everything on the planet, movable, is really talking about. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Because if it's an angel... There's some DNA involved. If it's a cat, rat, dog, bug, there's some DNA involved. If it's a plant, 
there's some DNA involved. So I think that when we begin to look at it from that perspective, and I think that that's why the book of Genesis is the first book, because you're supposed to concentrate heavily on who and what you are made up of and follow that line through the cell lines, which will give you the answers, which is what science does. It follows cell lines in order to get to the origin of things that we know as mitochondrial DNA. So thinking the way I do in a logical progression, that's what I'm looking at all of this as, cell lines, and that these fallen angels, these nomos, or were in fact doing genetic experiments. And that, yes, if they made it, they had to have come from an origin that allowed them to even get here to mate with people to begin with. So we follow the cell lines, the gene orientation, and I think that will lead us to where we need to go. That's refusing the science with the mathematics in terms of the study of where we come from. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, caller. Okay, we have uh, Brother Clyde is on the line here. Brother Hotel, Clyde. Hotel, Hotel. brother and sister. Uh, I Hotel, wanted, good brother. I want to ask uh, a Brother uh, Robert X, uh, where does God, God is best figure in in the, in the God system that you, as you've outlined, which is her, hermaphroditic? I'm I'm sorry. Say that again, Clyde. God, God, Goddess Bess. Ah, that that has that has both the male and female uh, attributes. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, bro. And if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that was the first portrayal and portrayal and comedic of a, of an anthropomorphic god. Yes, I'm looking right now for one of my better articles on that. And when you know, and I bet I won't find it because I want to. I want to give this to you and the people so they can go and get this article. Oh, here it is. It's called the the archetypes of ancient the archetypes of ancient Egypt. A hyphen N in parenthesis, Ankh uh, hyphen Nephthys. Ankh hyphen Nephthys. And here's what it says. And it basically gives you a chronicling of the various deities. And this one deals, you said Bass, right? Bass. God, God yeah. is Bass. B E S. B A S T. I'm not right. mistaken, it's just B E S. Or oh, okay. double well, S. again, the the similarities are different in how people interpret it, but this is the same deity. Here's what they say okay. here. Also known as the Bastid, uh, Ubasti, or Pasti, is believed to be the daughter of Isis and Osiris and the twin sister to Horus. Although best known as the cat goddess, does this line itself up so far with what you know? No, that's, that's not quite it. Oh. Okay, well, you you have to enlighten me on that. Okay. Well, let me. I'll, uh, if I can get back in tomorrow, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that if, if I can. Because I don't have. And when I don't you have do, a, or I can talk to you at another time. Yeah. Well, when you do, uh, I, I'll have more information on that tomorrow as well. Okay. God, I'll God, do some research on okay. it tonight. All right. All right. That's All right. BES, right? Yes. Uh huh. 
Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Brother Clark. Okay. Uh, let me try so again, this. Again, with Brother Clyde, you can see there's no break. There's no break in the stories. The stories right. still line themselves up with each other. Right, right. Because uh, area code one one one. Are you there this time around? Okay, they're not there. Okay, um, Robert X. Uh, that is it for the phone call. And so we will continue tomorrow. Yes. And uh, you're going to add in Superman. You're going to connect the, the dots with that. And I'm noticing yeah. a lot of the movies that's coming out now are metaphysical. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed. Yeah, I've watched uh, just about every movie that's come out, from the Will Smith movie with his son, which uh-huh. deals with... Uh, uh, the uh, uh, what's the, the 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 derivative of the ancient Tibetan sciences that uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, was practicing, the secret. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, he okay. Talked about, okay. Yeah, he talks about using the secret as the guide, the guiding force in his life. So, okay. uh, again, okay. all of these movies, uh, they all are dealing with the comedic sciences uh, hidden uh, in the movies. And so that's why I say there must be a group of these guys in Hollywood who are releasing, doing these movies. And that's going to be hard, dealing with transhumanism and the whole thing, okay, and people living on other planets and, you know, uh, having Earth as a way station that they use to drop off the riffraff. And you're going to see all this stuff uh, manifest itself. But it's important to understand that as they go about their business, and the story of humanity is going to be important that if we got to run, duck, dodge, and hide, that we maintain uh, a, a close connection with who and what we are. And don't let these people uh, change the comedic sciences into something other than what it is. That's why I appreciate brothers like Brother Clyde and, and many of the sisters and brothers uh, who have studied this history for years and years and years and don't get the acclamation uh, but they get justified in their arguments when people such as myself uh, come along and basically justify and substantiate the things that they've been trying to say. Right. Well, um, we definitely appreciate you, Robert X, and uh, we will continue this tomorrow. As always, it's just fascinating, fascinating information. It's an eye-opener. Thank you, sister. We and will talk you tomorrow. Ho- yes, hotel. Okay, Okay, uh, we will be back tomorrow, so make sure that you listen. Make sure um, this is like being in a classroom. You can't say that you are not getting the information. And please support uh, one of our leaders, one of our master researchers, Brother Robert X. Thank you. Hotel.
For everybody who believes the care they deserve should always be within reach. For everybody who wants to be confident about insurance for the next phase in life. For everybody who's looking for the best ways to take care of their employees and their families. At Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield, we're making care more accessible and affordable in more ways and for more people in our community. Because when we do that, everybody benefits. Learn more at ExcellusBCBS.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.